Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What is up, everyone? Welcome into the Babyface Heel Podcast. And this is not Greg DeMarco. No, Greg DeMarco sent myself and Miranda Morales a text. I don't know. I, I, I get the feeling that he low-key you know, talks to Miranda more than me. I'm a little jealous. It's a, it's a thing. But um, he's tired. Apparently he's been working really hard. Things have been busy at work, and so he's so busy. All... Life is so hard. I know. I've been working till like two a.m. Man, I'm so tired. I want to be like, listen, dude. I've been going on like four hours of sleep every Wednesday morning, recording the Baby Face Heel podcast. Because you know what? That's the dedication I have. By the way, everyone, Come that voice. Commitment. That's right. That voice you hear is Miranda Morales, the other half, uh, well, the other third of the Babyface Heel podcast. And we are running the show tonight. And I got to tell you, this is like just one long Danger Zone episode, Miranda. Like, if we wanted That's to. That's true. The inmates are running the asylum. We could oh. run this thing. I don't have quite the, uh, the array of sound bites. Here's some good news for you you're not going to in- get interrupted. Like it all, this show. Um, not at all. This day. I've it's, dreamed of a day where I wouldn't hear an air horn just blast in my ear. No, the best I could do, because I do have, I have a very limited soundboard for um, bandwagon nerds, right? And we, the, the thing that we always, I don't know if you've ever listened to an episode because, you know, they're two hours long and it's okay if you haven't. But we now say it's taped in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> And so sometimes, you know, when I when I welcome everybody into the show, I like it. we get applause. I like it. If if somebody says something stupid, when PC Tunney tells a bad joke, and it, and if it gets a little saucy, we if it gets a little saucy, yeah, right. I like it. It's a callback to the days of, you know, TV sitcoms. And man, it's it's just a good throwback. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, it, it totally happened by accident, too. I can't remember what the conversation was or what we were going into. But I remember before I was doing sounds, Tony would do all the sounds for the show. And I was like, I have this, I have this idea. And I was like, I just need you to get like, studio audience noise and that day for that show i remember we did the whole like i did the little voiceover so if you remember those old shows every once in a while you'd hear somebody be like you know babyface heel podcast is taped in front of a live studio audience so i did that for the bandwagon nerd show and that's that's then become become the uh the the intro to the bandwagon nerds podcast Good call. I like I said. I I I dig it. It's, and it doors. also helps set the tone. It's it's good. It's 
you you got some good sense in there, Pat. You got some good sense. Right. I do need to get better at editing because when I started creating my own sound bites, you get this weird like dead space before a sound bite. For example, here we go. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I'm just too lazy to like actually go and put it into like the the, the editing stuff. I just, I, my Saturdays are are valuable to me. My Sundays are valuable to me, and I already dedicate most of my afternoon to bandwagon nerds, as Greg <laughs> likes. For editing, ah, you had to cut a, cut a couple of seconds out. But how how is uh, how are you here on this I'm, this Tuesday into Wednesday? I am doing well. Uh, you know, it is warming up out here in Arizona. Um, When's it uh, not warming up in Arizona? Um, when it's cooling down, like that. There is a period when it cools down in the fall and in the winter time. But define cold. Uh, I don't know. I'm a desert <laughs> rat. So like 70 degrees is cold for me. Uh, I'm already like um, freezing at, at 70. It snowed last week in Massachusetts. It snowed. Yeah, it snowed it's on. It, it did. It snowed on Friday. I uh, worked at, I was working a half day. Now, it was one of those weird spring snows where like. It melted like when it landed, like when it hit the ground. But like my commute home was in the middle of like big fluffy snowflakes, and yeah, we had a we had a mild nor'easter in April. Nor'easter. Yes. But it's like fluffy snowflakes sounds so much fun. It's a bitch to drive in. Let me tell you. Oh, that's, <laughs> okay, that's true. It it's sounds nice, fun it's, until you have to drive through it. Yeah, if you're in your house looking out the window and like snows your thing i also hate snow so like the fact that i live in new england is just like the worst decision ever <laughs> uh, on my part but that's that's where the jobs were so here i am hey you know it's it's the life but it, it's i mean the fact that it's snowed in april like it seems like the east coast the world somehow just forgot that it was springtime and said yeah let's just give you a little yeah, bit of sprinkle it's... a little bit of sprinkle snow it did, and, and when it did that, I said this. And then, yeah, so the live studio audience making its appearance here today. Now, I do want to I do want to point out that you are listening to the Babyface Heel podcast here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. We didn't forget that. Still, still there. You know, no Demarco, no problem. We'll still get all the plugs in, and we do actually have some wrestling topics to talk about today. Which is, you know, I one I laughed because I was like, I don't know that Greg was certain. I don't know if he thought that like we wouldn't look for anything, but it, you notice I he he slid us he slid us one. Yeah, he he slid us a, a story in the DMs. Um, yeah, whether he thought we were going to just talk about wrestling or not i don't know but he's like here's this you guys all have to do and he's like here's a little bone here's a little story you guys can talk about too like he was doing us right, a favor right. yeah Thanks, well i Greg. i looked at it more as like that that passive aggressive mom thing where she was like you don't have to do this but you know here it is yeah no okay greg passive aggressive never 
No, I, I don't know anything about that. No, no idea there. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit uh, of some some WrestleMania fallout. ROH dropped a little bit of nugget of news today that I thought might be fun to to get into and talk about because I haven't talked about ROH. I was talking we were talking before the show in literally years, so that uh, that should be fun and hopefully you can educate me a little bit. And I hope this goes better than the last time I tried to have co-hosts educate me on something because David Ungar well, failed me. I hope this is better than the time I tried to educate myself. Last year for the anniversary show, I tried yep. to do an episode of the Hashtag Miranda show where I talked about the upcoming matches. I had to record it twice because the first time was so terrible because I had no idea what I was talking about. Oh, um, however, those. I've been watching a little bit more uh, of ROH uh, due to its Lucha Libre content and what we'll talk about today on the women's side has been a pretty predominant story. So I've actually been very intrigued uh, to see this develop. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about that with you. Oh, that'll be great. And then finally, we will hold up our end of the bargain on the Babyface Heel podcast and continue talking about different wrestlers. We uh, we this week will cover uh, one of my favorites, and I'm just going to leave that as a tease. One of my favorite wrestlers as a tease is Miranda and I try to determine whether this person was better as a heel or is better as a babyface. So let's get to it. Why don't we why don't we jump right in? I will start by just you know let's let's get it out of the way. Let's what is that thing that you always talk about? You've gotta like do something like you gotta turn a knob it's, or like yeah. <laughs> what do you do? You, you gotta you gotta wind it up. That's what it is. I'm usually checking my phone when you do that. So yeah. why don't you wind yeah. it up for us, all right? And, and Take it away. I'm just going to embrace this moment. Back. Okay. Like we're being really good friends right now. And I just want to remember this moment forever. Oh, it's for the good of the podcast. It's for the good of the podcast. Yes, man. And to commemorate this moment as well, you guys should go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot where you can get your very own chair shot t-shirt today. There you're going to find over 25 different t-shirt designs all in support of thechairshot.com and the Chairshot Radio Network. There you're going to find some awesome designs like multiple Always Use Your Head t-shirts, the OG Chairshot logo, and of course t-shirts like the unofficial official t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, hashtag save tag team wrestling, the Queen of Soft style shirt, and of course everybody hates Greg. Don't forget bandwagon nerds and a winner as you also have t-shirts up there. So go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Also, you can get your shirt in any kind of color and style you want, including soft style. So treat yourself, spend the extra few dollars. You're not going to regret it because you're going to be comfortable all day long. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That was wonderful. Dare I say, dare, dare I say, the best Pro Wrestling Tees advertisement I've heard today. Thank you. Thank you. I I really wanted it to be special. I really wanted it to be special today because this is a milestone. This is a big in deal for our us. Friendship. Yeah, because yeah. the last time I did the DeMarco show without Greg, you couldn't do the show either, and I did it with PC Tunney, and we we did a rundown of a of a wrestling card. So these are these are big moments. This is like our WrestleMania moments. This is like our WrestleMania moment. 
We we just we just claimed victory over Seth Rollins and are now standing tall in the middle of the ring, getting our getting our getting our standing on the turnbuckles pointing at the sign. Yes, the sign. It's like I mean, if there was a briefcase involved, I don't know, because there's not, but there should be. No, but there were briefcases full of money at the end of WrestleMania weekend on night one and night two because they made some bank. However. One of my favorite articles that comes out from time to time came about this week from our good friends at Cage Side Seats. That is the link that DeMarco sent us, so I'm going to blame yep. him for making me click on it. <laughs> where WrestleNomics Brandon Thurston broke down the... Oh, I'm sorry, maybe he did, yeah. No, he did. Yeah. Broke down yeah. the attendance figures that uh, from the Tampa Sports Authority as compared to the WWE's claim. Now, the WWE said that they sold 25,675 tickets to each night of this year's WrestleMania. According to the records obtained by Mr. Thurston... It actually indicated that about 18,328 people attended Raymond James Stadium on April 12th or on April 10th, with the following night's show having 18,924 fans come through the gates. Those figures are slightly lower than the number of tickets sold, which were 20,172 and 20,634 respectively possibly because brokers overestimated demand. Now, even with those numbers being different, I said that there was a briefcase full of money. Well, the briefcase full of money, as Cage Side points out, with an average ticket price of $190, WWE still did generate more than $3 million in revenue each night of WrestleMania. Six million dollars in a weekend just in ticket sales. So here's my question to you, Miranda. Who cares? What's the big deal? I don't know. Like when I was reading this, I was, and I mean this in the best way, trying my best to care. And I mean that in the sense that I, I completely understand where WWE is coming from when it comes to the attendance numbers. Um, this is this was a very different WrestleMania where they couldn't get to the levels that we've seen in past years, those high, high numbers. Um, but they were able to do this. Even this was the adjustment that they made after originally announcing a much larger capacity. They reduced capacity down pretty uh uh, to to a much smaller size uh, prior to ticket sales being released, but at the end of the day, what, you know, what, it to me it honestly doesn't matter. I think the revenue that's generated is much more important than the attendance. I mean, I heard one million of that revenue was just Bad Bunny sweatshirts and hoodies um, alone, so it had that going for it. Like, here's the here's the thing: it doesn't matter because the bigger point of this whole thing was about the fact that there were fans there at all right mm -hmm. like that's what was really the big deal here it was it was the first real monster wwe event where they were able to say we're back we welcome you back and, and they were able to celebrate that the other thing is the wwe has always done this 
And I got a little mm. secret. Every company does this. Hell, when you go to Yankee Stadium to go see the New York Yankees play baseball and they say today's attendance is blah, 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 blah. That number's not accurate. That number's not real. That number includes the, that that number includes comps tickets. It doesn't include revenue. And that's the thing is what mm-hmm. I've always found really interesting about these articles is these articles always talk about the kind of the revenue generating butts in the seats versus what the WWE tends to do and a lot of other organizations do. And that's talk about total number of butts in the seats or in the building yeah. even. Like you listen to Bruce Pritchard talk on on his podcast on something to wrestle with with uh with conrad thompson he he says it he's like we count these people we, like we count the we count the officials we count the staff we count the wrestlers we count everybody so what what do, what does a what does anyone and, and aew i'm telling yeah. you if aew was tracking their attendance figures and sharing it out which i don't think they do because what's the point it would it wouldn't really gain them anything they would inflate their numbers too. Like this is just yeah. this has just been true since WrestleMania three. Yes. And exactly. WrestleMania three, like that is the standard. And for so long, now it's the running joke. Um, right. but they've been doing it for, for so long. And you're absolutely right. Other sporting events do that. It's a guesstimation, it's a roundup. Now, let me ask you this, and this is again more of the internet theory out there where some are speculating they specifically pulled this number um, and rounded to this because they wanted to beat the NFL Super Bowl attendance. Do you think that had something to do with how they got to this number as well? Maybe. I mean, I, I it's actually the sort of thing that I would buy just because they because the 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 W from the WWE's perspective and historically what I've seen is they do like to have some sort of benchmark to say that it outperforms something. And mm-hmm. so what would I'm not ready to go like 100% and say yes absolutely because if this was at, if this was something the WWE wanted to do they would tout it they'd be like yeah. more people attended this than the Super Bowl like look and again I go back to WrestleMania 3 they would tell anybody who listened that that was the most attended indoor live event in history for god knows how long until it was no longer that so it wouldn't surprise me, but we would have heard about it by now. Like, yeah. like on a re-ad. That's exactly that. Like, because we'd be, they'd be, because they're already, you know, you watch the first few shows after, after WrestleMania, they're, they're talking and reflecting on the show itself. And one of the things they would talk about is, you know, the WWE universe showed out in full force and we had over X number of fans. It was more than, and then you could, I can hear Michael Cole in my head emphasizing the s in super bowl as he says outdid the super bowl and just does it and, and i can't do his cadence very well at all but he like they would have him push it yeah they would what, what i what i would like to turn around and ask you because i think this is a very much a dirt sheet thing what do dirt sheets get out of putting this kind of article out there what does it really accomplish for them in your opinion I think it's just that ability to point to WWE and say, ha, you are, you know, doing some 
and the word shady is not the the right word uh but you you're doing you're you're stretching the truth you're not being honest about you know your attendance records and you know why why would you need to do that or you know even the big bad giant of wwe stretches the the truth and so it kind of like a got you like haha we found out or we got you and that i think feeds into a fan base that is so anti-wwe as a whole and it will, you know, people are saying, oh, WWE lied about their attendance numbers. What else could they be lying about? So I think, too, you can try and snowball it. But I think for the majority of fans, I like to think the majority of people know this already and then just kind of say, huh, like, what what's different from the previous years? Right. It's like we're dancing today, Miranda, because it's, it's very much... I think that's all it is. It's this weird sort of gotcha that is completely irrelevant to anything. By the way, I just I missed Craig's soundboard because we could have played your conspiracy music. I know. Like, or some of the X-Files, none of that. But, I mean, I don't have that. What I do have are commercials. And I think I think we've said just about all we can really say about inflated numbers and the sad state of, of the internet wrestling world. So we're going to take a very brief commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little Ring of Honor and their news announcement that dropped on Tuesday. You're listening to the Babyface Seal podcast on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you? And we'll save the Lucha one for when we come back. Oh, I'm sorry. The, uh... Yeah, the next commercial will save it. I got like three of them. They're all back to back. And I'm not neat and tidy like Greg. So sorry, Greg. You can edit in post production. You ain't here tonight. So he's not. He's not this. here. We run this. We, we do run, run this. this. Pro Wrestling TV. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to talk about. I want to talk a little Ring of Honor today. And they, you know, the, the announcement that they made today that, um, in, in the in from storyline purposes, Maria Canellis Bennett, member of the ROH board of directors, announced um, she announced this at the 19th anniversary pay per view last month that there was going to be a tournament to crown an ROH women's champion. ROH followed up that announcement today by telling everybody that beginning April 28th, so a week from this podcast. ROH is going to present Women's Division Wednesday on ROH's YouTube channel and that there will be a new women's match every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern featuring newcomers as well as ROH veterans. No participants for the championship tournament have been announced, 
So all the competitors in the Wednesday matches will be out to prove they deserve to be a part of the field. Miranda, your reaction purely from just sort of the the standpoint of what this means for ROH and Ring of Honor and women's wrestling in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I feel like this help brings back all of the the pieces that ROH has struggled to put back together. Um, I've been watching a, a bit more of ROH over the past few months since they've come back um, due to their Lucha Libre content, which I, we cover on luchacentral.com and the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And they, I think, have done a phenomenal job getting back to the core of what ROH is, and that's good-ass wrestling. Um, they've reincorporated the, the peer champ or they have the peer championship tournament and have peer wrestling rules as, as part of a cornerstone of their content. But they also have, of course, Lucha Libre and there's their other types of wrestling styles. I feel like women's wrestling has been something that they've been missing out on um, and something that they didn't quite do so well prior to the pandemic and the retirement of the women of honor championship that they um that they retired back in 2019 so i feel like this is also another opportunity to start over and redo um also the the landscape of women's wrestling has changed a bit over the past few years and there's a huge you know new gambit of uh, female wrestlers that are available now that could really make a mark uh, at, at Ring of Honor. Um, a lot of them have been t- taken up and swooped up by AEW and WWE, but for sure there's a, a lot of great independent talent that could be showcased really, really well. Um, so I think it's great for the company. I feel like it'll make them a little bit more holistic in their uh, approach as a, a promotion. And I don't know, I kind of hopefully it's a redo. I, I that their second chance at really making women's wrestling just as important and vital as the other styles of wrestling in the company. Yeah, I, so I went back because, like I said, it's been ages since uh, since I've really paid any level of attention to, to Ring of Honor. And the first thing I did when I saw this announcement, and I knew that you know they're going to be bringing people in. So and we can and I'll talk a little bit about what that vibe is and see if it's if I'm off base here. Um, but I was like, okay, so let's see according to their website who is active, you know, how many active women wrestlers are on their roster. So I, I'm on page one. We got Amy Rose, Angelina Love. Scroll down, scroll down. All right, so okay, page two. Let's go to page two. Loading. Um, um. Jenny Rose, so there's there's three or three. Okay, that's that's all for page page three. Are you noticing something here? And there's three out of three pages. Page well now here page page three, we're we're gonna jump up significantly because we've got Kellyanne, we've got Mandy Leon, yes, we've got Maria. Now is she actually wrestling, or is she just? No, I don't think so. I think she's so, in more of a, an authority authority role. So she may maybe it's a talent listing, and they yeah list all right the right. Talent. Friend friend of the program Maria Manic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg and I interviewed her on more than one occasion. Session Moth Martina. Yes. Sumi Sakai. So that puts us at seven, seven eight. eight. And then page five has three people on it, 
and none of it's Vincent Will Ferrara and world famous CB. So I'm thinking none of them will be working yeah. on a women's Wednesday. So that's not what I, I would call a, a significant talent pool. Now, before this all went dark, was there anybody who hasn't been swooped up that, that's kind of still out there? Because my next question is going to be, um, does this feel like an AEW After Dark Women's Edition sort of thing? It it does and it doesn't because they started yep. it first. Um, okay. So Women of Honor Wednesday have has, has been around for quite some time. Right. Um and and so they're going back to something that that they've been known for and I kind of like that. I do think that they just do have to have a, a new approach to it also because of the format of Ring of Honor which is empty arena. Mm-hmm. Um so that's going to change how they, I think, produce the matches, how they record them, how they even set these matches up. Um, whereas when you used to do it in front of a, a live crowd, you could really feed off the fans. And, and there were certain things that I think made the matches more interesting. And now you, you kind of have to rely on other aspects. Um, but it can be, especially if it's on YouTube. But also the difference is Ring of Honor, you know, um, is is primarily on online so uh, if anything i think this will get more visibility than some of their other weekly content um that is behind you know ring of honor tv or fight tv or those who have sinclair so i think that this is only going to help make the company more visible and anyone who's part of the wednesday show more visible so of the talent out there who would you like to see show up in a ring of honor ring. Cause I have a couple of folks that I would like to see. They've turned up on impact and AEW though. So I'm not sure that they will. They're uh, uh, the sea stars, for example, Ashley yes, Box and Delmi XO. They mm-hmm. like, I, I used to watch them at my local indie out here in new England. Greg, again, Greg and I interviewed them one time uh, before they, before they started gaining some steam. And, you know, I in particular remember Ashley Vox, I saw her on NWA power. And then you started hearing about them getting some opportunities at AEW dark. Uh, and those, so that's that if they're, if they're free agents and available, and at this point, I'm sure they still are cause they are still working on their dates. That would be a nice, I would, that would make me happy as somebody who watched, has watched them wrestle, earlier in their careers in not even a bingo hall, Miranda, we're talking a VFW with a ceiling solo that when you stand on the turnbuckle, you can't do anything other than get up, uh, touch the ceiling. Cause it's that close. That's a little, little bit of a low dive area. Uh, yes. So what about you? Uh, who, who would you like to uh, see over there? I would love um, to see La Rosa Negra. Um, she is uh, right now the Mission Pro Women's Championship. Um, she's wrestled uh, really all throughout uh, the, the U.S. and Puerto Rico. And I really just love her style. Um, I think that she's just so just badass. And just to have that kind of uh, just different representation and... Um, style on on ring of honor television i think would be very cool someone out here on the west coast um that has a, a, a lucha libre training and just badass viva van um she's been down in mexico and and wrestles based out of california who i would love to see um there's just a lot of of 
women out there too um even if they start thinking about some of the uh women who just recently been released from wwe like chelsea green um who i think would be fabulous uh down there uh over there I, i think that she could uh I think she could really make a mark. I think she could really be a cornerstone of the vision of someone who really has that experience, but also knows how to wrestle and work TV, which would be very, very valuable. And even be able to give that insight and share that with others who may not have that TV experience. I think you hit on something really big there that I didn't even really think about is that this, this announcement and like kind of the bringing in of other talent is coming right after the big WWE release period. And, you know, and they only released, like, so far only nine names have been dropped. And, kids, you all know this. Like, the release period of the WWE now is just sort of evergreen. And and, and at different times, people just, just go, whether they've asked for the release or, or, or just being dropped because, you know, creative has nothing for them. That's a good opportunity for ROH because not everybody, mm-hmm. like, I keep saying this, like not everybody can go to AEW, but it seems like everybody goes to AEW. <laughs> I know, we say that. It's, it's like I can't, can't. I keep being like, there's no way they could take all of this talent, and and I, I think they're, I don't think they're taking them, taking them. Like I think it's not quite like that. It's not like Eric, Eric like Eric Bischoff would joke with WCW where they had like, you know, ninety guys for no shows, like nothing like that, but. There's a real opportunity there to kind of add some talent, even if it's not people you anticipate keeping or having win your tournament like a Chelsea Green. People are going to know that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, either of the iconics. Again, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's the beauty, too, of Peyton, Royce, of, of yeah. Peyton and, and Billy because they are so talented as a, as a team, but they're great as singles competitors as well. So, you could easily have them do both and you get more bang for your buck with having both of them on, on your roster. I think I hate to see them split up and go in different ways. Um, but I, I think now too, with this relaunch, they need that mix of, of established wrestlers and new ones and bringing in one, maybe two or three of those who were released, even if it is on a, a per paid appearance or short term, couldn't really do wonders with relaunching uh, the Women of Honor division. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, this is a real opportunity for ROH to maybe get it right this time. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, and there is a story somewhat of revolving around this where Quinn McKay is going to be making, I, for those who, who know her, her back to in-ring return. I mean, she was an independent wrestler um, on the independent scene. And and then when she came to ring of honor, took a backstage interviewer role, Um, but she's going to be in the ring for the first time, which is going to be a a very big deal against uh, Angelina love. Um, So, I mean, that that's kind of the the main story that they're building, but they could build so many other stories around that. Um, And it does seem like they may be looking at Quinn as a, a really big, um, member of that women's roster on a permanent basis which is also great too because people have been able to know her and get to know her through interviews and now they're going to be able to see this other side of her that she she's done for a long time before she um started in the backstage role so i think that too is going to be uh something very interesting that they're going to build but they're really building her up as a, as a pretty big baby face 
Excellent. Last question before we go to our next commercial break. Your all-too-early bold prediction on who wins the ROH Women's Championship Tournament. Oh, my gosh. That's a that's a hard one. I mean, you just put over Quinn McKay really hard. I'm just, yeah, I yeah. Know. I was gonna say just Quinn McKay. I mean, I, I think that's what they're they're building up to. Um, it's they've already had Angelina as a champion before. Um, I think Allison K was the, the very last one, so I don't think they'll go that route again. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say Quinn McKay. Very nice, very nice. I don't know the roster well enough to throw a guess out there, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm gonna cheat. I love how you made me do a prediction, and you're like, you I don't the, know enough, so I'm not going to You do are it. the expert. We talked about this before the show. I was like, I'm going to lean on you on this one, but I thought it was a topic worth covering. We're going to take another quick commercial break. We'll actually finish the commercial break this time, and when we come back, we will do our Babyface Heel Wrestler of the Week, and... I even came up with a three-minute warning on the fly, so we'll do that as well. You're listening to the Babyface Heel Podcast on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And that is your brief moment of Greg DeMarco on this week's Babyface Heel podcast. His voice putting over powerslam.tv. That's it. That's, That's it. All That's all you hear. get. That's it. You're done. No, I love you, Greg's. None of that. No. Okay. So we would be remiss if we didn't at least stick with the gimmick of the show and continue our evaluation of various talent where we review somebody who's what how does i don't even know how greg does the introduction he's got it on he's got it on like note cards or something but basically yeah <laughs> he like holds Just it for his face uh, he's he writes it out somewhere he's got it yeah, we're gonna he, we're gonna, he does on his computer or on his yeah, hand we don't know. it's it's often a controversial talent that has found success as both a baby face and a heel and we here at the baby face heel podcast we try to make a determination as to the ultimate portrayal uh, that that or the ultimate identity of that wrestler. See, I'm all discombobulated because this isn't my job. This just isn't what I do. But anyway, this week's wrestler is one Randall Orton, as Greg likes to say. He likes to throw Randall, Randall Keith. Randall Keith, watch out for Keith. That is that is a, an evergreen joke on the on the from the demarco show days into now has greg ever explained that to you like where that came uh, from so it was was it survivor series of the heart family no no, no no this has no, absolutely no, no. nothing okay. to do with wrestling there is a keith hart yes but yes. um so 
this actually goes back story time with Patrick O'Dell before we break down Randy Orton. There's this there's this animated movie called Hoodwinked, all right, okay. and it's this it, it, and there's this character, the bad guy. He's talking to all his henchmen about what he wants them to do, and so he's sitting there and he's like, and I, I'm gonna get the names wrong. He's like, Klaus, go over here, and Svetlana, go over and do this, and Keith, just change your name. It's, it's not really scary. It's like, ooh, watch out for Keith. Now, that's part one. You have to understand that to then understand that Greg and I were one day talking about how while B.J. Whitmer is a tough guy and a scary guy, we also just don't find him particularly intimidating. And we get, we're like, he's kind of like, you know, Keith. Like, watch out for Keith. And we started <laughs> quoting the thing. Keith Whitmer. And I know, I know BJ's not listening to the show, so I'm not particularly worried about, about <laughs> no, Keith Whitmer chasing right. me he down. But that's where that came from. And so we started running with watch out for Keith ever since. And so there is a little bit into the Patrick O'Dowd, Greg DeMarco wrestling podcast history watch out for Keith Whitmore and watch out for Randall Keith Orton. So polarizing figure to say the least, right? Randy Orton, who, by the way, debuted in 2000 is only 41 years old. And I remember talking about how young Randy Orton was about five or six years ago when he was in his early 30s and we were talking about people who could potentially break that world title record and that Randy could be that guy just by the fact that he started so young. And I don't know where he is on the title number of reigns now. He's close. He is 12... Let's see. I'm I'm a, I'm in Wikipedia, so you know that's going to be between ten and, and and twelve. I want to say, but he's up there. He yeah. is very much up there. Uh, here's the nice thing about Wikipedia, is that if you do this right in his little bio, according to this, I am looking in the wrong place. I lied. Championships and accomplishments. Click. Oh much, yeah, he's been yeah, a ten. He's, he's been a ten-time ten WWE time. champion, four-time World Heavyweight champion. So he's a fourteen. Yeah, and 14, he's forty-one. Oh yeah. He was born in nineteen eighty. He's done. <laughs> he's one of those people that when I look at my forty-three years on this planet, I'm like, Jesus, I didn't do shit with my forty-three years. <laughs> look at right. this guy. But he's been wrestling for twenty-one years in the, in the WWE, and in that time. He has had so many different personas, right? Like, he started as a member of um, Evolution, became the youngest member, or the youngest wrestler at the time in history to be the world champion. He then took on the, he's been the legend killer moniker. He's had that unhinged thing. He's done the rated, he did the rated RKO thing with Edge. He created Legacy, which I loved the idea of Legacy, by the way, and hated that it didn't go anywhere. 
And this guy's been everywhere. Milestone. Yeah, when you like, for especially someone who started off in a faction and then was able to create a team of his own, you know, that's like the, you know, the the 180 um, as far as a, a big career move. And he, I mean, it all it all made sense. So I absolutely agree with that. And I wish they gave that a, a lot more uh, of a bigger run. But yeah, there hasn't been anything he hasn't done. Right. You know? He's, he's I mean, feuded with the Undertaker. He in my opinion, is still the MVP of this past year slash pan. Like, you say, yes. you could say what you want about mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre. To me, Randy Orton carried wrestling for me. Like, like with, you know, with his rekindling of his feud with Edge into his feud with Bray Wyatt. And now, like, we're just waiting to see what really his footing is going to be and what his next step mm-hmm. is going to be. Because he was kind of just sort of thrust into a, a Raw match. Right, like if I'm not mistaken, this week, like he just didn't do anything particularly. Yeah, like, I, I believe it was like a number one contenders. Yeah, like threat. Yeah, it's like he deserved to be there, but at the end of the day, like it wasn't anything significant. And so, with all this history, and with no Greg DeMarco to tell us who to go first, Miranda, Randy Orton, better as a babyface or a heel. My, I've spent the majority of my time as a wrestling fan hating Randy Orton, hating Randy Orton. I remember when it was like 2005, right after Eddie Guerrero's passing and the whole storyline with him and Ray, and that burned me up so much. I remember Eddie's in hell, Ray. Yes, I I was a little keyboard warrior just typing, you know, how angry that made me that he was added to the WrestleMania match after Ray won the Royal Rumble and how disrespectful. But in hindsight, it's because he's that good of a heel. And now knowing what I know about the storyline and how everything, you know, was was blessed by the family, but it was that good. I feel like there's been lines he hasn't been afraid to cross. I do feel like knowing a bit of his history and, and what who he was um, as, as a person back in that time frame, too, only accentuated people's ideas of, of who Randy Orton yeah. is. I think there was a bit of a blurring of line between the person and the character. It, that has changed, but that killer instinct has never gone away. I, I have to admit, he's someone who has a consistent killer instinct um, that's only gotten better with age. And I think it's with his experience, it's with how he preys on the weaknesses of others, but also how he's just so fearless. Um, and so it's something that with time and age, I've been able to appreciate. Uh, but I, you think about just where he's had his most success, his best programs, um, and even his best matches have been as a heel. And so, I mean, I think when you look him up, Randy, you're in the, like the, the, even the term heel in the past 20 years has changed and evolved because of Randy Orton. And so because of that, I have to have to go with heel. The hallmark, we've talked about this with other talents that we've reviewed when we've done this, of the hallmark of a great talent is when the character really doesn't change fundamentally and it's really just about what they're doing within that character that causes the audience to cheer or boo them. Randy Orton is really that guy now. 
like the Viper Legend Killer character, his behavior and his mannerisms just don't change. It's just a matter of who he's matching up with. All right, I wasn't sure if yeah. I lost you there for a second or if you no, lost me. Yeah. Okay. I I I absolutely agree that I mean, and for some fans they would complain about it. Oh, it's the same old. Nothing's changed, you know. But I think that they they've evolved, and people you're right. Really it's been in, comparable to whoever he's facing. Right, and people have really embraced him because he was very much somebody who was disliked early in his career. He was another one of those that, like, people would say he got he was rushed to fame too fast. I like I I make fun of Jim Ross a lot in his old age, but he describes Randy Orton as a blue chipper, you know, using that like sort of college athlete reference. That's that's him. He's so, you know, and he once he sort of lost all the bulk post, you know, steroid era of the mm-hmm. WWE, he as a he's as, as good an athlete as anybody on the roster. He can work with anyone on the roster. In fact, I want a Randy Orton AJ Styles feud uh, before AJ can't and or Randy can't go the way that they can go cuz I think yeah. that would just be dynamite. Mhm. Oh, oh god, get yeah. just put that in my veins. Like get the two of them feuding over a title or something. Like to do it like and once AJ's done with this little tag team need thing, a title like it, right. it's AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, you know, and, and it it just it sells itself. But right. you're you're right. There's still so many people too within the company that he can have programs with, and I loved that you're right about 2020. You know, he was a huge factor coming into this you know crowdless Monday uh, night uh, Raw era. But, you know, his program with, with Drew did wonders for his career. And he's right. that perfect foil for, you know, uh, someone like Drew who they're trying to build up. And that's hard. You know, I think yeah. it's hard to have really good heels that are believable, that also create interest. And that really, no matter what, like, you know, people are just not going to like. Even now, you know, there's this idea of tweeners or people who are so bad, they're cool. But I feel like just plain Randy Orton, people can just purely dislike. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, to answer the they actually answer the question instead of just raving about Orton, who is absolutely probably my current favorite on the roster. I just love what he does. I love his work. Uh, legend killer Randy Orton. You know, even when he was when he was green, but when he was just mowing through everybody until he got his comeuppance with the Undertaker, was was just great. Like his work with Mick Foley, his his work, like I said, with Taker, with Kane, with Terry Funk, with his dad. Like he RKO'd his dad. His dad tried to help him. He RKO'd yeah. his dad. If that ain't get... a heel. I don't know. I don't know, who, know what it un, is. Unhinged Randy Orton when he was going through the phase where he was just punting everybody in the head. Yeah. And you just were I mean, like his program with Triple H. Yup. And and every, all the setup to that man. He was gonna punt Stephanie. Like it was great. So, and he's, I do think that he naturally fits very, very well as a heel. So, I am 100% in agreement with you, though his personality and that Viper character is easy to get behind when he's working the bad guys. So, 
not not hard to see the other side of it. I'm sure Greg will agree with us. But um, yeah, I'm gonna say I I think we we've declared him a heel. Best yeah. is heel. There you go. And so someday, Greg, we're gonna get Greg to take a, take me up on this idea. Has he told you about my other idea for all these baby face heels that we've determined? No. We need to book a card with our definitive Ooh. versions of these wrestlers. I like that. I, I think we need to put together a super show, and then we need to send it off to Vince. Um, oh yeah. Minus yeah. the dead they'll, people, they'll, we just we, we you know we'll take the dead people out. Um, we'll, that's a that's a Saudi show. Though that, <laughs> so he rust though Vince Russell God, so maybe he can make it happen. I don't know. Uh, we we shall see. But yeah, no, I I think we should make a card with our with our babyface heels just for funsies and see what we would put together as like our super card with, with these personalities. Um, yeah. So this next little bit, Craig, this is dedicated to you because I don't have the sound bite. but gentlemen, you have three minutes and you better make it good. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and you're in the clear. We got three minutes. We got three minutes. We're not insane. We're out. We're out. We got so this three minutes, Miranda. It's just a question. First ever show without Greg DeMarco, just the two of us. How'd it go? I think we did really well. Like we had good synergy. You know, we had a good flow. We agreed on a lot of stuff. So like, no, I mean, there's things like we just it just felt good, Patrick. Like I think it, it just felt. Right. Thunderous applause. Yes, I agree. I had a lot of fun doing the show. Don't tell anybody. I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving the gimmick behind for a minute. I don't hate Miranda Morales as much as there's there's Aki's rumors and innuendo out there. Miranda, you are a good egg and it was a lot of fun doing the DeMarco show, Sans DeMarco. I, so much so, I even titled the chat before we settled, set this up, the DeMarco-less podcast. So that is uh, that is going to do it for this week's Babyface Heel podcast. You can, of course, always follow me on the Twitter, at Wrestling Realist, that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Wednesday here with Usually Greg DeMarco and, of course, Miranda Morales on the Babyface Heel podcast. I do Bandwagon Nerds every Monday. This week, I also write a nerd review for thechairshot.com. This week, we're going back to the 90s project and choosing the highest vote-getter out of our top movies from the 90s to review, and that's The Matrix. And so uh, we got one week until Mortal Kombat I'm forced to watch Mortal Kombat on uh, HBO Max and review that. Full disclosure, Dave and I, neither one of us are, are not, neither one of us are excited about reviewing this movie. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna check it out. But this week it's The Matrix, which Dave and I have seen so many times, we probably don't need to rewatch it to write it. So be sure to check that out. That usually drops on Thursdays or Fridays. Miranda, I'm gonna fall into my own habits and um, just turn it over to you. Tell people where they can find you yeah. out into the universe. Yes, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. I am not on Twitter, 
Uh, so don't go ahead and, and find me. Go ahead and follow Patrick instead. Um, or you can follow at ShareShot Media's Twitter account because sometimes I'll take over that account. Uh, you can find me on a few shows. Of course, this one, the Babyface Heel podcast, uh, the hashtag Miranda show, which drops on Thursdays. Uh, we will be coming back next week on the hashtag Miranda show to be talking about the results of Impact Rex Wrestling's Rebellion pay-per-view that's going to be happening this Sunday and the fallout from that because I know there will be fallout. Um, and then on Mondays, uh, the Lucha Central Weekly podcast drops, and that's everything related to Lucha Libre in the world. Uh, so whether it's Mexico-based or U.S.-based, uh, we talk uh, everything you need to know that week in Lucha Libre. And so I'm just looking at a recording timer. We're just over 55 minutes on a recording, so we are right on schedule. We are we are. In sync, so everyone. Good. Oh, look we at are us. So good. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Not me. Not me. I wouldn't have known. All right. Thank you, everyone, very much for listening to this week's edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. I am sure that next week, Craig will have been plenty rested up and back, ready to throw rebuttals our way, critique us. Maybe he'll applaud us. Who knows? We'll see. But that will do it for this week's edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. We will catch you next Wednesday and every Wednesday on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.